Hello and welcome to a very spooky episode of FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick. And as some of you guys know, I have three little brothers. And when I used to babysit them, I was famous for scaring them with ghost stories. And I don't know why, I've always been this way. I've always been fascinated with it. Um, It's fun to get scared, but it's also kind of fun to learn about the folklore and when we get into urban legends of why people believe things and what it kind of says about society. So getting to the tricks and treats of the episode, I decided to go to Ohio University virtually of course um these two people that i have are such an interesting combination we have ohio university culinary services executive pastry chef vicky van pelt and we have southeast ohio history center tour guide george eberts and george actually is an instructor at ohio university for physics and astronomy so he has kind of a skeptics view and he also has a lot of good stuff to share with us about separating fact versus fiction which is sometimes just as interesting but somehow still just as creepy and for um the food side of it we find out like all the cool things that the ou dining team has going on just for the entire month of october some sweets some savory stuff um so pull up a cup of cider and enjoy these ghost stories Thank you so much for being here, Vicki and George. Hi, Tara. Hello there. <laughs> it's great to have you guys here. And obviously, Ohio University is an epicenter for Halloween celebrations. And I want to start first with Vicki um, and talk about how the dining team gears up and specifically in the bakery side, the pastry side, which is what you do. So we, I, I'd love to hear like what you're doing during the month of October to kind of gear up for the big day for OU. <laughs> okay. Well, we, ha- we actually start planning during the summer. So we've been planning Halloween for a couple months now. Um, we work together, come up with ideas, uh, themes, you know, just brainstorming sessions. Then once we figure out a theme, we kind of go from there on decorations to what food we're going to serve to what desserts. So for example, one of our dining courts this year, their theme is going to be Stranger Things. Ooh, I like so it. I've never seen Stranger Things. So that was rough coming up with desserts, but I think we've worked together, come up with some good ideas. Um, we also work with a lot of local vendors to provide seasonal items like apple cider, uh, mm-hmm. pumpkins for decorating, all that. So it's really, it's a it's a, a big process that starts usually about July or August. Yeah, absolutely. And George, I wanted to ask you first a little bit about your background, about how did you get into kind of like the folklore side of things? Because you're kind of a science guy, am I right? Yes, I am. And my heart and my convictions are science. But you're always drawn to what seems cooler and more fun, and that would be um, the paranormal and the spooky stuff. You can't uh, ignore that completely without not having any personality. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, I worked up on what they now call the ridges, the old asylum grounds from, I hate to say it's so old, but 78 through the time we left there in 93. 
And in 93, as most people know, we didn't close. We didn't kick anybody out. We moved to a new building, and it's still in operation there. So I had about 15 years uh, to spend in a place that most people think is spooky, mm -hmm. if not downright haunted. Um, and um, I'm sensitive to that. I got my antenna out dragging in the vibes uh, every year at Halloween time. So um, I was never disappointed uh, in terms of the attention that gets gets me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And storytelling and folklore is kind of uh, such a big part of college life because and I think it it kind of happens because it's it's unknown for many people. They're leaving their home for the first time. And it seems like legends and ghost stories kind of have the function of like keeping us safe or scaring us into like being safe. And they sometimes reflect like societal things that are going on too. So I just wanted to see how legends on campus get started and why why that folklore is such a part of, of campus life. Yeah, I can uh, vouch for things like um, folklore getting started. Um, there was a rumor that that old body stain was in the old TB hospital. As a result, people broke in and trashed the place. It was actually a whole nother side of the complex. So, so that wasn't even where it was. And it's, of course, we don't encourage like destroying property or like going places. Like when you're ghost hunting, like let's, let's be respectful people. Good disclaimer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's good. When you're ghost hunting, don't step out of line too much. <laughs> it's true. Well, they're the biggest um, kind of thing on campus that um, I always heard about Wilson Hall. And supposedly in the 70s, somebody was was practicing looking into the dark arts. They passed away there and there's there's a room that's closed off. And then there's also the thing where Wilson Hall's the center of these pentagrams, which kind of I know that's maybe been debunked because take five places anywhere and you can make a pentagram. But I wondered how how did this get started? What is it with Wilson Hall? And does it have to do with like the satanic panic? in the 70s and 80s that like pentagrams kind of came into the mix. What do you think? Um, Sorry, that was, that was a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, I think that once the kind of that kind of thing gets started, it rolls along by its own momentum, picking up stories and rumors and details that weren't even there in the first place. Um, I don't know why Wilson Hall got picked to be the epicenter of the goofiness in this situation. Um, I've never been in Wilson Hall, uh, so and I did not live as a student here at OU in the dorms. So gotcha. I'm aware of some of the lore that we may be talking about. Um, seems like just people let their imaginations kind of go. Superstition may be part of it's based on fear of the unknown. And any way you can like uh, bottle it up and put it on the shelf, that's a better way of dealing with no pun intended with my food service friends here. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, it's um, it's hard to say that, that stuff has been around forever and yeah. it changes yeah. and evolves as as decades go by. Uh, we know that back in the 1800s, there was a big emphasis on uh, channelers and people who could speak to your dead relatives for you. The spiritualism, uh, yes. Spiritualism, that's it. And uh, one of my great heroes in life and this gets back to the science side of me, is Harry Houdini. Mm -hmm. Because he went out 
to spiritualists and busted them. Yep. He would dress up like a bereaved old widow man, and mm -hmm. he would cry, and they would read his wife for him, and then he'd turn the lights on, bust him. Mm -hmm. And you know, that knocking that, that those sisters did, they were like double jointed or something. And there's all sorts of smoke and mirrors. And, and yeah, he was, he was the greatest magician of all times ever. And mm -hmm. he told people, I am not magic. Mm -hmm. I'm an illusionist. Mm -hmm. You may never figure out how I do what I'm doing, but I will tell you it's not actually magic. Yeah. So he set about to prove it by going to the people who claim to be magic and busting them. I think that's that's the stuff of a real hero right there. He, he would not cool. let his his profession um, be, uh, you know, uh, used that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's... So if it, I wonder what he would say if he could go to Wilson Hall. <laughs> I wonder. And he tried, he said if he was able to come back that he would. And they tried every year mm -hmm. seance mm -hmm. while his wife was still alive and it never did happen. So yeah. Let's, yeah, let's take a turn back to the dining halls. Um, Victoria, your specialty is the sweet stuff. So after some trickery, let's have a treat. <laughs> so what are some of the best sweet things that have been happening? And you've been there for a few years too. So you can name some past ones that you loved also. Well, you know, this time of year, everybody loves anything with pumpkin. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of pumpkin cookies, pumpkin pies, pumpkin bars, pumpkin cakes. Then we also do a lot of seasonal things with like apples, caramel mm. apple cookies, apple crisp. Um, mm. You know, this time of year, you want the home style comfort food when it starts getting cold. So that's what we've been doing a lot of. Um, here at OU, our bakery is kind of famous for our, our cheesecakes. Mm -hmm. so that's, all, that's always a big, a big uh, item also. Definitely. Cool. All right. So back to George. Um, you have led tours at that old asylum. Is that right? Where where you had spent time working? So what kind of people go on the tours? What are they expecting? Did they bring like a ghost hunting equipment? Uh, nobody has brought conspicuously brought any ghost hunting equipment. If there's a back pocket uh, module of some kind, I don't know. But Maybe. I've never <laughs> seen people actually set up tripods or anything like that. Um, my tours of the asylum grounds go way back to uh, the 80s when I started as, into the area of staff development and education at um, up at that site. And uh, the first people I had to do tours for were new employees just getting orientation and also student nurses. Mm. So um, when we moved out into the new building, I was still doing tours for student nurses um, and then the Southeast Ohio History Center got me to do tours to raise money for them. These are fundraising uh, tours. I do one every month and uh, sometimes two or three in October, I could probably do 10. Oh, for sure. I'll be well attended. Uh, October is a big month for this stuff, as, as you can imagine. So um, I learned a lot about the place, not only by reading everything I could, the early history, um, uh, there's works books out there specifically about Athens and about asylums in general. Mm -hmm. um, and I read all them. And the, one of the best things I could do would be to talk to the old timers on the staff. There mm -hmm. were people in uh, custodial maintenance or maybe the 
the steam plant operation that had been there since the 1940s. Oh, wow. And I could still talk to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did. I milked them for all it was worth. I, um, I, and then I could evolve my tour uh, steps, route, points to make, those kinds of things in, in response to information I got. And I've enjoyed it. The bottom line is I never got tired of it. I've enjoyed doing those tours forever. Very so, cool. Um, I'm still doing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if anybody is in the Athens area, we can, we can maybe arrange something. I would love to go see it. I, I never have, have been inside. Has anybody ever seen anything or experienced anything while they were along with you? Did they say I got a chill or somebody patted me on the back or something like that? No, but I must confess I'm a buzzkill when it comes to that kind of thing. I, <laughs> I, I believe that it's not good that mental illness suffered by humans who had no reason to be mentally ill they just are it's not their fault they didn't do anything to deserve it it comes with a human condition mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you're looked upon as unclean or you know reeking of of uh devilness or something like that i mean it just rubs me the wrong way i know too many of those patients and what they've been through them and their families go through dealing with this um also, I, I should mention that I grew up in Columbus on the west side. I was less than one block away from the uh, what we now know today as Twin Valley Psychiatric, but it's also known in the past as the Hilltop, the mm -hmm. big mental, it is a Kirkbride mm -hmm. building. Um, it's like taking our Kirkbride building and putting it on steroids. It was mm -hmm. twice as long and a whole story taller. Oh, wow. um, and I could ride my bike around there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So the architecture and the vibes in general and the people there never spooked me like yeah. some people say they do. And um, I get the people's firsthand experiences. Well, I'm, I'm probably not there to share it with them. I doubt that it would happen if I was. It never seems to happen when I'm with anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I said, I'm a buzzkill. <laughs> a buzzkill um, at Ohio University. That's right. like how could those two things go together? And I think another that, thing I I do I teach astronomy. I teach the evening time observational lab. We go out and do field trips. Oh, cool. I've never seen a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm really, yeah. you know, dead in the water for them kind of thrills. <laughs> well, and you guys are near the Mothman too. That's uh, right across the way. No, um, <laughs> That's now and, that I want to see. <laughs> yeah, no, Vicki, you are from West Virginia. Did you grow up hearing about the Mothman? Did you ever try to find the Mothman? Um, I did grow up hearing about the Mothman. Um, Point Pleasant, they have a Mothman statue. I visited it. The uh, the uh, Mothman Museum I visited. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing in West Virginia. It's the cutest town. Like I recommend for anybody oh, yeah. looking mm -hmm. for a little trip. I went with my boyfriend a few years ago, and we had Mothman pizza. They make oh, like yeah. actual. I that was amazing. The the Mothman yeah. pizza. Well, and you've got to get your picture taken with the Mothman statue. Oh yes, it's the statue is really something else. You have yeah. to, to believe it for sure. And. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to, going back to George, I think that was a very good point with your um, perspective of somebody that's in the business of um, caring for people, mental health, where like a lot of times these old asylums, they are seen as spooky. And I think it's like, it has to do with the terrible way that patients were treated, like, you know, in the past century before things sort of got better. So maybe it's kind of like, it's echoes of that. It has that kind of heavy vibe to it. 
Yeah, a lot of times, though, even that is exaggerated just mm. to make the spooky stuff mm -hmm. more vivid. Yeah. Like, uh, I know that the stories of cruelty done to our patients at Athens that never happened, mm. not in any recorded uh, record, not in talking to old timers. It, the, that kind of thing has a life of its own. There's something in the human brainstem that sends out special chemicals when you get into the lurid and the uh, awful, like, oh, they did that to the, those poor patients. Oh, anything that makes you go, oh, can be manipulated. Yeah, there's something like that. It's like the truth doesn't get in the way of a good story and they, they want to make exactly, it stronger, exactly. right? And so I have my doubts about some of them. I'm not denying that institutions of that kind were, were not the paragon. It wasn't like holiday. Sure. Yeah, yeah. For the time, it was um, probably a lot better than the poor rural environments that a lot of them people, folks came from. Right. They, yeah, they, a lot of the people may have been doing the best that they could, for sure. You got yeah. three square meals a day. You got the guarantee mm -hmm. of a bed and a job working with the other patients. And um, it's like uh, yeah. three square meals a day sounds familiar to the food service people, right? You didn't have, before you had asylums, you had, you would get somebody in town to take care of your loved one, take care, quote unquote. Uh, there were county homes and personal arrangements with people that made money off of your loved one, but there were no standards of care. You had no guarantee of good food or a decent uh, place to sleep mm -hmm. uh, or anything to do all day. They'd take your, your uncle who's schizophrenic and promised to do the best they could and you wanted to get rid of them anyway so you took their promises for face value yeah that was the that was the universe that mentally ill people were born mm -hmm. into before mm -hmm. they invented this thing called asylums and then 150 years later asylums are have sort of reverted back to a spanish inquisition kind of reality right. it wasn't that way yeah there were food camaraderie security um and a little bit of weirdness thrown in just to spice it up a bit <laughs> i don't doubt it i don't doubt it um but you you had kind of said i read an interview where um you were kind of raining on someone's parade being a, spec a skeptic and you said that you had many times where at night you wandered the halls of the old asylum while you uh -huh. still were and you kind of were like daring a ghost you're like hey come get me and i've done similar things because i i grew up catholic and catholic people are very superstitious and it's and um it's like why would you tell us not to use ouija boards if they didn't work so of course the first thing we do we'd try to use them and uh, nothing like i you know i've many things like i i really am curious i would love to see a ghost i've seen nothing so and so tell me about how you would kind of walk around like late at night you were like did i hear something or what was that like well i had to work um, night shift on a regular basis. I didn't work night shift all the time per se, but I'm doing staff education programs like um, um, crisis intervention skills with the patients, CPR and first aid. Everybody needs uh, a two-hour update every year in both of those areas and more, different kinds of safety training especially. Mm -hmm. So I'd be working at, uh, I'd be, have a program at 9 p.m. for the uh, 3 to 11 shift. And then they swapped out pe the people and I'd come back at midnight or one to do a program for the night shift. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe one more after that. 
uh, go home about six or seven in the morning. I, I, I really like that kind of jumpy kind of schedule. That's a wild <laughs> schedule. Yeah, you're, that's rare. <laughs> doing astronomy like I do, I get to see oh, a lot yeah. of what goes on before dawn uh, on those kinds of nights. So I got uh, an hour and a half to kill mm -hmm. around my office up at the building. And mm -hmm. I get curious and uh, um, I decided to uh, use my accent. I knew from uh, a number of different situations how I could get into the attic or the mm -hmm. abandoned part. Part of the time I was there, the West Wings were abandoned. That's Those are the oldest and spookiest looking spaces. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to get in there uh, mm -hmm. the, from my exploring around. So mm -hmm. I would go in there and just kind of hang out, walk around. I wanted to see the the wind, the shadows of the trees in the wind, and the sound of raccoons in the drain pipes, <laughs> and the sudden blast of cold that uh, there was supposed to be there too, that kind of thing. And um, it, it, I could get my chills up, you know? I was like, wow, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I really did feel the heebie-jeebies. I gotta admit, that's why I went there in the first place, you know? And it wasn't like, anything I couldn't explain. Yeah. Uh, except one night, uh, there was a sudden blast of cold and the, the lights went out and I saw these these people wearing sheets floating around in the darkness. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't being haunted or anything. <laughs> George, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it was? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I didn't oh my gosh. Like oh, I imagined man. it a lot. I thought it would be cool. Never yeah, actually happened though. Yep, yep, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking of getting chills, I wanted to ask Victoria, as I mean Vicky, as it gets yeah. colder um, in Southern Ohio, which not as cold as Northern Ohio where I am, but it yeah. gets really down there. What are some of the hearty um, dishes that make everybody feel cozy that that have you've been doing lately? Uh, obviously, uh, soups and stews are really popular. Mm. Chilies, you know. Mm -hmm good something that's going to coat your stomach um as well as like home style foods like casseroles meatloaf chicken pot pie some oh, of the heavier cool. items that'll stay with you um and also we go through a lot of hot chocolate warm apple cider um and as far as desserts go a lot of warmer uh desserts like crisp cobblers oh those i love are, a cobbler it's nice when the weather gets colder Oh yeah, that sounds good. Make everything nice and cozy on campus. Yeah, definitely. And I, we're almost running out of time, not quite, but I wanted to ask both of you just kind of to talk about just what Athens is like this time of year and, and maybe any other quick stories that you either wanted to share. We can start with you, Vicki. Yeah, go. So um, I'm, fair, I'm fairly new to Athens. I've been here about four years now. Um, I just think with the, you know, historic architecture and the old trees, you know, it can kind of take on an eerie atmosphere once the leaves start changing colors and, you know, gets dark early. Um, I don't really have any supernatural experiences <laughs> myself, but I've, I've heard many from coworkers. Um, mm -hmm. Some, everybody, you know, seems to have at least one. Hmm. What's, what's an example of somebody? You don't have to use, you don't have to say their um, name. So uh, one of my coworkers actually told me a story about her son brought a brick home 
Well, she uh -oh. said, where, where did you get that brick? Because some strange things started happening. And here, he had taken it from the ridges. Oh, boy. <laughs> so <Kid>. so um, <laughs> she made him immediately take the brick back and uh, make peace, say, you know, I'm bringing you back. I, I don't want any trouble. And she claims that uh, the strange things that were happening stopped. Hmm. I, I say that's why I'm afraid yeah. of antique stores. It's like, boy, you take something home. Are you kidding me? I don't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> Not sure about that. Yeah. That yeah. is a cool story, though. <laughs> I don't believe it because I walked on them bricks every day. That's a cool story. It is. Did you have anything to add, George? Just about uh, Athens in general, the kind of the vibe. Yeah, the, the vibe for me, uh, I think goes back to the first couple of autumns I spent in Athens after I moved here from Columbus. Uh, um, two things happened that still stick in my mind as kind of blood curling. Um, mm -hmm. One of them was that uh, within a few months of when we moved here, two young people turned up missing in Logan, Ohio, mm -hmm. and they were abducted and killed while they were walking along a railroad track. The rumor had been that she was um, the daughter of the guy who abducted and killed them and it was young lovers not supposed to see each other you know how that is and yeah that always haunted me uh that for some reason that particular story just haunted me but the other thing was um within a year or so of when we moved here also in the fall uh jonestown went on down in guyana the jimmy mm -hmm. jones massacre oh yeah very and, scary you know it was just saturating the news for weeks so those two things kind of colored the autumn uh, in Southeast Ohio for me. Yeah, it's it's things that happen that, yes. And finally, Vicki, I wanted to see um, any specific events that, that the dining team has has cooked up. Um, well, we have, we have events all across campus. Uh, this week, we have our um, Harvest Fest at Baker Center. Um, our dining courts are both... Uh, have special events planned for um, Halloween. One has like a pumpkin patch. The other one has kind of like a pumpkin throwing where you can throw Ooh. some pumpkins off a, <laughs> off the top of the building. <laughs> so maybe you can get your aggression out there. <laughs> I like so that. We have, we have that. events all over campus this time of year. Yeah, uh, my yeah. wife would be tuned right in if she were here. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, you guys have brought it today. You have brought the tricks and the treats. I so appreciate you being here with me today and be sure that you both have a happy Halloween. Thank you. You too.